Oh god, I didn't fix my fucking hair before. Welcome to the Pinfall Podcast. Um, I have that song, um, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, stuck in my head. Why? I don't know. Because um, I was going to make like a joke, uh, like, for tweet promoting the show, I was going to make like a using that um i didn't now my brain's just like kind of stuck on it interesting speaking of interesting nxt this was a doozy it, it's the best 2.0 episode yet you know this, yeah this i definitely is didn't good. just like it. it it's still got its faults like joe gacy and they're uh, high amount of uh, jobber matches, but you know today was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, they definitely kept me entertained. Yeah, the the two hours kind of flew by. I think the first half was a little slow for me. Hmm. Um. But that was also because there were two jobber matches. Um, I guess there were two jobber matches in the second half. I don't know. They they <laughs> did a very good job with like dividing like the really good matches. Like um, uh, Gacy and Champa, I thought was really good. That started the show. You ended with uh, Swerve and Santos or Carmelo and Santos, both really good. And then in the middle, you had Kyle and Von Wagner versus Pete and Ridge. And then there was another really good one that I can't remember. Um, what was it? Was it? What was the other really good one? Um, the men versus Julius Creed? No. Was it? Oh, it, okay. The four I was thinking was including was separating Swerve and and Santos and Carmelo, but okay. I still think like the tag team match with Von Wagner, Kyle, Ridge, and P was like a nice middle point of the show. You know, you keep giving these like good matches to make the everything in between kind of worth it. Still, yeah. Um... Definitely an interesting episode. Um, I didn't agree with everything that happened, but yeah, yeah. There's like I said, there's still some faults. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to jump into the news? Yeah. Um, that's gonna take me five whole seconds to get together. Um, only because I didn't write it out. I've got a so little I piece of news. Extra, I feel extra blind today. That for mm. some news. Extra blind. Yeah, like I feel like, like I can kind of see some stuff. And right now I can't. Oh, maybe it's because nope, that's not. No. Um, I I have a little piece of news. It's about AEW, which you might have, but I I still want to talk about it. Okay, so you're gonna have to wait <laughs> because there's um other news first. Oh, okay. I don't like doing the 
don't like doing the bigger stories first. I think that this is a bigger story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jesus Christ, I closed out of the fucking Twitter. There we go. Um, yeah, so we've got a couple of pieces of news. Uh, specifically, Aja Kong is going to undergo knee surgery. Um, apparently, following her match for Diana on Sunday, October 10th, she's going to be stepping away from the ring for an operation where she's going to get an artificial joint inserted into her knee. Ooh. Yeah. That's not good. Well, I mean, I guess you deteriorate the goddamn thing enough. And I mean, a wrestler especially could do that. Yeah. I think, well, like, they do that with, like, hip replacements. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like just, like, the the ter- like the sentence artificial joint will be inserted into her knee sounds like they're just, like, just smack it in there. You know what? Everything doctors do now is a miracle and, and way beyond my understanding, so. Yeah, fair. Um, also... There is a report that Impact has finally released AC Romero. Um, he requested his release like a couple weeks ago, I think now. Maybe a month. I feel like it's um, been a little they've... more than a month. Yeah, it's probably been. Um, but they finally let him go. And speaking of contract, uh, Aubrey Edwards signed a contract extension with, um, with AEW. Sorry, I almost said WWE. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a little twist? Um, yeah, so that's the stuff that I've got for outside of WWE. Um, if you want to go in on the, are you just going to talk about Tony's tweet or are you going to talk about the whole thing? I was going to talk about, uh, what's happening on Friday. Right. I I didn't know if you were talking about all, like the whole card or not. I was going to talk about the card. I wasn't going to mention Tony's tweets at all. Okay, then go for it. Um, so Tony Khan announced that, um, preceding Rampage on Friday, uh, going live on YouTube. It's on YouTube, right? Yes, because that makes the most sense. They can't just be like, hey, TNT, just slide on in here. <laughs> yeah, there will be a buy-in live on YouTube, which is fucking awesome. And to m- make it even more awesome, the match is happening is Bobby Fish versus Lee Moriarty. Hell yeah, get Lee Moriarty some TV time. Um, and Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki. Now that, that sounds incredible. Um, and to go along with Danielson versus Suzuki, Brian Danielson tweeted, In 2004, I wrestled Minoru Suzuki one-on-one. He beat the shit out of me. Showed me what violence and sadism sadism inside a wrestling ring looks like since then i've learned a thing or two about violence myself and sadism excited to show mr suzuki what i've learned am i that's gonna be those are both gonna be killer fucking matches uh and then minoru suzuki tweeted uh, i was drinking coffee in the city when i got a phone call and it was suddenly decided the wind of minoru suzuki is blowing in miami too Oh man, they, you know, I was wondering what AEW could do to, to actually compete with SmackDown 
Um, because they, they probably can't make any adjustments to the card itself for the sake of like storyline and, and all that. Um, and having a surprise debut wouldn't get people's butts and seats. It would be for social media afterwards. Um, but having a buy-in or to hype everyone up, that's really smart. Because then you've already got people watching AEW, and then they'll just continue your product. So, um, my, my question. Mm-hmm. So, I heard that apparently they are having trouble selling tickets for this coming Rampage. So, my question is, are they going to do this... For Rampage and everyone who's bought a ticket is going to just come earlier? Yeah, I, yeah, I assume so. Um, because, yeah, this Rampage is happening live, so this will probably be for the, for the crowd. And YouTube. And Tony Khan's made some tweets that have made me laugh a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But it's going to be an interesting one. I'm really yeah. excited. Yeah, yeah. Um. Also, can I can I talk about this one too, or do you want to talk about the whole Bray Wyatt situation? Right. The only thing I've got on the Bray Wyatt situation is that Bray Wyatt and Tony Khan have not spoken. So I don't know if there's really any news there besides speculation. Well, the full quote with Tony Khan and PW Insider is that. He's a great wrestler, and I have to be honest, we haven't talked at all. I've known him in personal life, but in reality, we haven't talked, but you never know. That's right. the sketchiness with it. It's not sketchy. I feel it's like he's just sketchy. saying, I feel like he's just saying, like, I'm not saying that we could not attract Bray Wyatt, but I'm also not saying that we have attracted Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, he might also be implying that you never know what come what will come down the road. That's true. Right. But that, that's what I'm saying is that, like, I don't think he, like, I think he's just saying, like, we haven't, but we could. Yeah. Like, theoretically, it is possible. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. So I've got some WWE news. Um, the first thing is that there is a rumor killer on the fact that they were going to split up AJ and Omos. Or no. That's not true. I don't. This was a. What? This was a. So. They were talking. The headline of the story says that there was a rumor killer killer regarding the WWE draft pick change. Which I thought was in relation to the rumor about AJ and Omos. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't read any other rumors. Right. My bad. Um, apparently, there were rumors that Bianca was. Um, to move to Raw but has not yet like it doesn't seem like it's official um and people were speculating that WWE has changed their minds um but it looks like um sources from the WWE said that it was just an error um that she was left off of the graphic for Raw oh okay okay um and then yeah, I, I just wanted to, to comment on something you brought up before, which was AJ and Omos. Um, I heard a little bit of speculation on who that uh, big talent is that uh, spoke to higher-ups to stop that from happening. And 
uh, it, it makes a lot of sense for it to be Randy Orton who did that. Um, well, no, what happened, you're, you're thinking about it in reverse. What happened was a higher up um, came down and said that they weren't going to do it, that they weren't allowed to. They weren't allowed to. Like, yeah, basically they were saying, like, don't do that. We don't want you to do that. And we have more sway in the company than you do. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know who, but I guess it, it makes sense at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it looks like WWE's trademarked suplexorcist. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to say than it looks like it is to spell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and finally... The Survivor Series 2021 theme has been revealed. And apparently it is going to be. Um, I'm sorry, my phone is acting funky. Um, sorry. Uh, apparently it's been revealed that it's going to be um, based around like brand supremacy at this point which is obviously what it normally is, but they're going to put a higher focus on, like, warring factions, if you will. Um, apparently they want to kind of enforce it, because if... It, it's not been as big of a thing um, lately for them. The like, only, it doesn't seem like it's... Yeah, go ahead. The only way I'm going to buy something like that is if... Uh, they have kind of figureheads for each brand. Like if they split up Pierce and Sonya to be competing with each other, like we kind of were alluded to um, a few months ago, then it would be more convincing. Like we would have two representatives butting heads. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it when it's when it's Pierce and Sonya representing both, it feels so manufactured. The the conflict between them. Yeah, um, it seems like they've got the cards laid in place right now, but they just haven't like activated them, which is the frustrating part, I think. Yeah, you would think like you you would think like maybe the whole Naomi thing could have been used to separate Pierce and Sonya. Like maybe Pierce sticks up for for Naomi. Like, hey, she's a former SmackDown's champion. Give her a chance. Let's give her a match. And Sonya's like. No, she's dropped the ball. She's not ready. She's, you know. But mm -hmm. when it comes to the tension between brands, it's like, okay, this is this is like this is like us watching like like just big corporations competing with each other. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. The Academy Awards. Yeah, Academy Awards. Anything like that. And Miriam also added, how do you build brand loyalty three weeks after a draft? It, they should have the draft after Survivor Series. That'd be so good for feuds. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because the last line in the WrestleTalk article about this literally says, that means there's less than a month for people to build up any form of brand loyalty and to want to represent their show. Yeah. Yeehaw to that. No wonder they can't fucking sell tickets. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... Also, when you have Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns on one brand, and on the other brand you have... Goldberg? 
I know Brock um, is technically a free agent, but he's not. Also, apparently, um, not a good sign. Raw had its worst ticket sales or worst viewership. I don't know if which one it was. I think um, it was ratings. Worst ratings, I think, since they returned to touring uh, this past Monday. Ooh. Yeah. So I I don't know what's going on, but I'm it's, it's getting a little uh, tense. I think a little tense. You you see, that's what happens when you don't have ongoing storylines that are consistent and engaging, and and have the people wanting more. When you have Alexa Bliss seemingly in a big shift in her character in a storyline with the champion and then pull her or have her take off for who knows how long, gonna have some people like lose interest. That's just one example. Yeah. When you split up tag teams for no reason, people are going to lose interest. Yeah, especially if it's tag teams that like people were kind of behind. Like Mason T... Actually, no one was behind Mason T-Bar. Ah! Uh, <laughs> pull your roll down. Um, is that all the news that you got? That's all the news that I got. Um... I go run and grab a match why I want to light my candle I've been using the lower setting on my lamp I... you've been using the lamp to light the candles no I said I've been using the lower setting on my lamp like it's darker in this room right uh, now I'm, oh my I was like God, what yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> like you're questioning me the cat is up on the chair looking at me there's so much going on all right, well, while you go get a match, I'm going to start talking about the episode. You're going to start talking about the matches? Actually, that's specifically not what I'm going to talk about. I'm okay. glad she can't hear me right now. Um, all right, so this NXT started in a weird fucking way. We get Hit Row uh, we, we, uh, earlier today. Hit Rose walking through the parking lot, and then Legato attacks him out of nowhere, and stuffs Ashante, uh, Top Dalla, and B-Fab in the trunk of the car, and drives away with them. Santos is still outside, and, and he attacks Swerve, tells him, good luck tonight, Caballero. Um, and then... That's our first kidnapping of the episode. Um, but then we go to Joe Gacy in the ring. And he says, Tommaso Ciampa is the NXT champ. I'm going to like throw up from reciting Gacy's words. He says, Tommaso Ciampa is the NXT champion. With that title comes untold balance. Tonight is this in, in the safe space. I'll be victorious over that walking example of toxic masculinity. I will bring wonderful, transparent inclusivity to the end. What does that mean? What does wonderful, transparent inclusivity mean? I and how is he gonna bring it? Yeah, um, 
I I have no clue. Um, and on top of me not having a clue, I don't think the writers know what they're saying. Yeah, I'm gonna assume. I might be wrong for assuming this, but I'm gonna assume Joe Gacy is a straight white man. How is he going? I mean, maybe maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe it's the hypocrisy of it all. That he is going to bring the the transparent inclusivity, whatever the fuck that means, to uh, NXT. Like maybe that's it. Maybe he's a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. If they're if they're going down that road, I really want them to go down that road because that's the only way to salvage this character from being anything but buzzwords. Yeah, uh, no, I get it. I get it. And also, I think it would be really interesting because it would just add depth to him. Um, I saw somebody mention on on Twitter, like, like it feels like half of the um, NXT roster right now just pulled their gimmicks out of a hat. Uh, yeah, that's actually that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, the only per- <laughs> so you you would understand this. You know what it's like. It feels like when we were like back in college doing like 48 hour film festivals and we were just like, uh, you know, kung fu movie and this. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, same goes for like Andre Chase, um, Duke Hudson. Um, I mean, I think. Duke's gimmick was fine. He was a dickhead. He, he was a cocky. Why did they change it? He was a cocky dickhead who was like a brawler from uh, the olden days. Um, now he's like a fucking gambler or something. <laughs> what? He doesn't look like a gambler at all. I think they're gonna release him. You think so? I don't like to speculate that like that, but I'm just saying. I, the only reason I'm saying that is just because I think that when they don't know what to do with somebody, it shows in their gimmick. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, still no Johnny. Johnny well, I don't think we're bringing all. Johnny back. Yeah. Yeah. Don't frown. It's going to be okay. Well, somebody losing their job isn't very good. I That's fair, I guess. But also, it's not quite losing your job if you say, I don't want to come back here. You know, that's him following probably a better dream. Yeah. I- ideally, it's his choice. Um, but anyway. So we start off immediately with Joe Gacy versus Tommaso Ciampa. And you know what? Leaving the gimmick behind, this match was fun. Gacy's a good wrestler. Yeah, and we knew that. Yeah, when he had a better gimmick. Um, so... There, we, we, we start with some blowing blows to Gacy and a back elbow. Um, Champa has the upper hand for a little bit until um, Gacy just knocks him off his fucking feet, shifts the whole thing. Um, but then <laughs> Harland is there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He distracts Gacy. Oh, Harland. And Champa so weird. I don't know his thing. I don't know why they shaved his head so much. Um 
Champa then ends up teeing off on Gacy. Um, he gets his shit rocked by an elbow eventually. Um, Gacy still isn't able to pin. Um, Post-commercial break, though, we get Champa flinging Gacy into the barricade. A big old leaping lariat. No ability to do the air raid crash, though. Um, Gacy power bombs Champa. Some with the high stack. Doesn't get the pin still. Um, then hits the moonsault off the ropes. Doesn't land it. Uh, Champa grabs him. Hits him with the fairy tale ending. Finishes the match. Eliminates Gacy from having any chance at Halloween Havoc. Thank God. Like, also, now I'm seeing like tweets that are like, either in support of Gacy, or they're like, he's kind of like good looking. And I'm like, maybe he is. But how can you how can you look at his face past the words he's saying right now? Like, how is that possible? Ugh. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a bad looking dude. I'm just saying that like Joe Gacy, the character right now. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no. Joe Gacy, the human. Fine, whatever. Um. All right, so. Then, uh, Mahim said there's a fan base of everything and everyone out there. True. Yeah. Yeah. Something for everybody. So then Toxic Attraction comes out. And they said last week they came out for one purpose, to put an end to Raquel. Um, but then EO and Zoe helped her. Um, Toxic Attraction couldn't care less Toxic attraction couldn't care less about the rules. Uh, they do what they want. It's a buck on my laptop. Um, they want the tag team championships. Um, DG and JC, they're going to be the successful ones at Halloween Havoc. And then um, Mandy's going to challenge Raquel at Halloween Havoc. And then it was announced that that match would be the, the what is it called? The spin the wheel thing? The name? The, oh. Oh. Wheel of like, is it the wheel of like terrors or something? Wheel of horror? No. I don't think so. I don't know. The wheel of know. havoc. I have no clue. I don't know. I know that Johnny did it last year. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's the Wheel of Fortune. That's it. Wheel, wheel of Misfortune, for- maybe? The Wheel of... No, it's just the Wheel of Fortune. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you don't know. That's a show. What do I know, man? Um, but then we get a little promo for Halloween Havoc. Um, oh, that was the one with the mystery person. Mystery person. Uh, there was there was a disguised voice that very much had like a English or Australian accent, um, saying that leave the past or whatever, um, something like that. She very much sounded like Dakota Kai. Was one hundred percent a woman, um, and very they very much sounded like Dakota. So Dakota's probably coming back, and the words fit her too. Leave the past behind. Um, so that'd be pretty yeah. cool when she comes back. I, I'm, I'm glad she's not going to main roster. She comes back with like black hair. 
you know what, fine. Fine. Uh, she didn't have, like, the bright pink hair for very long. Especially yeah. with the middle part. Yeah. Um, alright. So, then we get Zion Quinn versus Malik Blade. Zion Quinn should get a title shot before fucking, uh, Braun Breaker and Joe Gacy. I know, Zion Quinn is a scary motherfucker. Um, yeah. like, he's, he's got, like, the Duke Hudson, like, it's... Um, Malik can't really get a hold on Quinn for most of the match. Quinn ends up slamming um, him into the ground, slaps him into the corners for a little bit. It's a nasty drop kick to Quinn, though, um, and a clothesline, and then a missile drop kick to Quinn. Um, but it doesn't really matter because Zion gets the clubbing blow to finish the match off easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, I really. Like I really, I I really think that he, that they've got something good with this guy. Oh, absolutely, he's got everything. Yeah, he's he's scary looking. He's great wrestler. He can deliver a promo. Of at least from what we've seen, it was a short one, but something. Yeah. Um. All right, so then we had uh. Uh, an interview with Tommaso Ciampa, um, but it was interrupted by GYV. They, uh, they, uh, they are excited for him to lose to a rookie. Then Braun Breaker walks in. He says, "This rookie can go right now." Um, and then basically, we we're just getting a can they coexist match next week? And hmm. fuck, why are we getting this on the main on NXT? Yeah. Oh, um. I think I don't know. It's it's things are just so kind of fucking weird right now. Everything is like in flux and I understand why, but it's just like I can only handle so many more episodes of things being really out of whack, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um Okay, so then we had an interview with Swerve. Um, it's short, so I'll just read it. Uh, my 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 crew are gonna be all right. Oh, brew. My crew are gonna be all right. <laughs> what they want me to do is focus on Santos. This man is trying to bring out those evil spirits in me. He couldn't handle me one on one. They let the wrong one stand stand in the way. I'm taking this title with me to SmackDown. And then we get Ivy Nile versus Valentina Ferro. Very unimpressive, honestly. Yeah. Um, I really felt that Ivy Nile would have done a little bit more, but hey, you know, it's early days. Um, but anyways, there's a dropkick to Nile. Ivy deadlifts, slams her into the mat, slings her into the corner. Ferro ends up turning around at some point or another. Um, she gets some kicks to Nile, but the offense doesn't last very long because Nile just body slams her. Um, and then Niall does this weird thing where she like somersaults into Faro being on her shoulders, but Faro kind of falls off at one point and she has to kind of get back on. And it's like, it looked, it didn't look like Faro was fighting out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of gets her back on. And then like she, Niall ends up squatting with her up there, kind of like curling her body around her neck. Um, which from the angle that we had in my eyes did not look like submission hold it just looked like she was holding her there but then when we sh- they showed it from the side angle i was like oh i see her like pushing the head in 
I'm mm-hmm. throw tap though. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what Ivy Nile is going to do. Um, I wish Zia Lee were still on NXT because Zia Lee versus Ivy Nile would have been a fucking banger. I don't know. I guess I'm just not impressed with Ivy Nile. It's just something. It, it, she doesn't make me excited. Like, I'm not interested in seeing any of your matches for some reason. I'm pretty interested. I'm I'm looking forward to some new and varied women's talent, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I guess... Keyword is varied, I guess. I don't know that she's going to be different. Now imagine, imagine though, instead of Ivy Nile, they put Zoe Stark on on Diamond Mine. That would have been a choice. I feel like she would have fit a lot better. Um, actually, I I don't know if she'd fit better than Ivy, but she would at least make Roddy feel uh more fitting with the team. You know? Yeah, I totally, I actually totally get that. I've, I've, Roddy really stands out among this whole group, and, and not in a really good way. Um, all right. So you so know then, what he does? Hmm. You know what he does? Why? He's the old dude. Yeah. He's the fucking old guy in the middle of like these like college kids. It, it also probably has to do with the fact that he's the most recognizable. We we know him. We don't know anyone else except Bivens. Yeah, I know. Um, so after the match, uh, what? Where the? Okay, I lost it for a second. Uh, Bivens talks talks up Ivy, then puts the Creed brothers over. Uh, he's saying they're gonna be the most tom- dominant tag team in NXT. But then Ikeman Jiro comes out, and then for some reason Julius Creed is the one to uh, talk shit about Ikeman. Julius is like Roddy's little fanboy right now. I guess so. Um, he's like, is this guy for real? And the diamond mine, everything is earned. I'm always strapped. And he opens up his, like, he opens up his jacket. He says, I'm always strapped. <laughs> Which is what people would say if they had a gun. <laughs> Did somebody watch Arn's promo? Is Julius Creed Arn Anderson's son? Is he the real Brock Anderson? Is, is Julius Glock Anderson? Oh boy! Or is he Jock Anderson? My God! Imagine that the 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 Arn just has like a bunch of ox. (laughs) But he calls his. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. He calls his gun Glock Anderson, but he loves it like a son. It's in the family photos. (laughs) <laughs> like a little boat tie on. It's always pointed at Brock for some reason. <laughs> oh god. Two people who are terrified of being near guns, I feel like this is big talk. <laughs> um But uh yeah, I mean Ikeman then punches Julius and we get Ikeman Jiro versus Julius Creed after the break. Yee yee, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know why we had this like why did we need to put Julius over in a singles match I don't know um 
And while I'm still trying to just give overviews of matches, I feel like these matches were so short that it's like, I'll just tell you what happened. Um, but so we get a spear to the knee of Ikemen that just sends them flying. Um, and, and Julius hits twice, twice he does this um, at separate times. Weird fucking suplex. It looks like he's going for a pile driver, but instead he throws the person overhead. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't get it, but it's cool. Yeah. Um. He then also like lifts Jiro up by the leg mm-hmm. and slams him into the ground. It was it was just a bit much. Um, in the sense that I just wow. Hmm. Hmm. I'm now starting to realize why like Roddy is the only one that I like and why he stands out among everyone else. Roddy's the only one with charisma. Julius has a little bit. We saw a little bit of it today. But Brutus looks like he has none. Ivy, at least when it comes to like her character and her promo, um, even though she hasn't delivered any promo yet, might be a reason for that, but... No, she delivered the one promo, I think, right? When she was first introduced by... Um, by Malcolm. Did she say anything? could have sworn she did i thought she's been quiet this whole time no i i could have sworn that she had said something um sure but uh yeah i i don't know it just doesn't seem like she has any confidence at all um it was also i wish that she would do something a little funkier with her like her walkout yeah do something with the chains like like whip them like hit Roddy with him. <laughs> like like um, she she should pull a Lance Archer and like just come out carrying somebody. Yeah, there you go. That'd be sick. Yeah, like carry a jobber out every week. Drag them by the with the chain or something. Yeah. You got options. You got options. Um So Jira ends up changing the momentum. Uh, he tees off with a few cloaked punches, if you will. Um, sends a boot to the face of Julius. Mm. Then, like, goes upside down on the top fucking rope. Does some, like, gymnast shit. Like, waving the legs in the air and shit like that. It was, like, before just, like, flapjacking out onto Julius. It could have been so good. The other reason why I was like, I'm not gonna just give the overview of this match. Because weird shit happened in this match, and I loved it. <laughs> so... Julius ends up rolling from the ring. Jiro moonsaults onto him. He gets Julius back in the ring and jumps into his arms. Death Valley driver and a crushing lariat for Julius to win. I don't know. I, I don't get the singles match thing. Because, like, yeah. isn't he in a tag team? Yeah, Ikemen should have won this. It would put Ikemen over. It wouldn't put Julius down because he's in a tag team. Singles matches aren't his specialty, you know? Yeah. Um... But, uh, I don't know. I'm too busy thinking about Ivy and, like, why (laughs) she's just, like, not doing it. You you know what? You know what would, uh, put her over for me and probably a lot of other people? Have her fight a dude. Have her fight, like, Malik Blade or some jobber. Well, as we saw today, that's not gonna happen. She should have fought Ikemen. 
who comes out at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. Um, Kushida comes out. He beats up everybody, and then he, like, turns like he's going to swing. He sees the diving, and he's like... It's like, that's his downfall at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. But we're never getting that. Sorry. I, I just... It would be cool if she at least, like, hit, like, a Candice LeRae kind of deal where, like... Candace got like a couple hits in on guys every once in a while. Yeah. And Bronson like frog splashed with her in his arms or something. Yeah. Or, um. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But she she should just have a jobber match where she takes down a, a dude. We're never gonna get that. I know, but as good as it would be, we're never getting that. That would instantly put her over with everyone. And we all know that's what they want. I know. But all right, so make they'd have to make an effort. So they then attack Ikamin. Kushida comes out, but Diamond Mind then beat Kushida up. What's Kushida gonna do? Challenge Roddy for the title again? Didn't they already they're, have that? They're the only two that are allowed to challenge. Just them and Grayson. Yeah, Grayson, but Grayson's too busy. Yeah. Uh, did they? Did Kushida have his rematch after losing the title? Yes, he did. Why are we? I think that was back when Taylor Rust was still around. Why are we running this back? Um, because Triple H still hasn't returned to work, and everything is a mess. Has he not returned yet? I don't think so. Hmm. I haven't heard any reports that he has. Well. I th- they definitely should be moving on to someone else. I don't know. Kushida, let Kushida do other stuff. Kushida should be in other fields. I don't disagree. I really don't. So uh, then we get a uh, video package from Raquel. Uh, this is when she says she does a spin the wheel, make a deal uh, gimmick stipulation. Um, and then, and then we get lashing out with Lash Legend. I was gonna give her a chance, and then she slandered Tony. So, can I ask, what kind of fucking name is Lash Legend? I don't know. I haven't questioned. I don't question wrestling names because there are some weird fucking wrestling names. Like, what the fuck kind of name is Jungle Boy? Okay. Well, Jungle Boy what because fucking, it's Tarzan. What fucking kind of name is Luchasaurus? Uh, a dinosaur that does lucha. lucha what I'm Lever. saying is, they're stupid ass names, so I'm not gonna make fun of the name. But but, but who who looked at this former WNBA athlete, this athlete, and said, "You know what your standout is? Your eyelashes." Like, come on. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I just want to see her in the ring, dude. I don't want to see her doing a talk show right now. I want to see her wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after this episode where it was not good. But she talks about the draft. And she said... The rosters got shaken up. They're just going to be called WWE Squid Games. 
What does that mean? I guess we'd have to watch Squid Game to understand. I thought I understood what Squid Game was, and then she just, like, threw a curveball at me. Yeah, I, I don't think it's any reference that makes sense. I think she was just saying it for the reference. That's fair. Uh, and then she said, Legends of the Week, Hit Row, and she goes around her house singing Hit Row, and the whole crowd's doing it, and it gets pretty annoying. Uh, and then, the last thing out of the week, Tony D'Angelo, because the producer, Mark, with the K, you know he's worse. Um, he says that uh, they had to say there's a scheduling conflict with Tony D'Angelo. And so he's the lashing out of the week. The lashing out of the week is a good pun. Like, that's a good pun. Yeah. But, I don't know. She better have, I, like, I wanna... better have, her finisher better involve her eyelashes in some way. She just, like, you know, like, butterfly kisses? Yeah. Instead of that, like, Somehow that's like it's like very ferocious. Or she she plucks the other wrestler's eyelashes, <laughs> and the reason hers are so great is she puts them on herself. <laughs> it's like her trophy. <laughs> oh, I I'm really hoping that when she starts, she's something impressive, and I'm sure she will because she's an amazing athlete. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I just seems like she's got good promo skills. I think yeah, she definitely does. She's got. Hella charisma. I think the thing is, is just that, like, she's. I think once she's in the ring, these promos won't be as, like, why are we doing this, you know? Because then. You have that much faith. Yes, I do, actually. I, what I'm saying is that I think that once she's wrestling, will become less annoying because we'll be like okay now we know what she's like in the ring but you're also not assuming that they will just get more and more annoying as it goes on just the the segments themselves i don't think it will i really don't i i just think the writing will get worse and worse i don't think i don't think my perception will change i i just think that they will stop being able to come up with content for them. Yeah, but they also might then just kind of toss this promo away. You know what they should do? They should have Tony D'Angelo come in and trash the whole set. <laughs> no, because then Tony looks like a simp, and he can't look like a simp. He's a big, strong man. He's not a simp, he's a businessman. This is business. Forget about it. God damn it. Um, so after lashing out, we get Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner versus Ridge Holland and Pete, Peter Dune. I gotta say, I gotta say, Von Wagner still looks like he has no clue what he's doing. Von Wagner looks a little lost when he gets out there sometimes. I mean, he's doing a good job, but like, he's like, he doesn't seem like he belongs. Yeah, he, and it's weird because I kind of thought he would feel like he belongs because, like, because, you know, he was 
in the background for so many different things that we've watched now. You know, maybe maybe it's just the set. Maybe it's like the space because now that I think about it, nobody feels like they fit in in that bright ass. You mean that the talk studio that they're filming in right now doesn't look like they belong there? Yep. Like, like, imagine Von Wagner in the old NXT spot with, like, the, the darker lights, the yellow. He'd fit a lot better. Braun Breaker mm-hmm. would fit a lot better. All these names would fit a lot better. I, Braun Breaker's actually the only one in the roster that feels like he fits in the new, uh, the new set. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you're right, you're right. Do you want to talk about the match? Sure. Um, so we've got Pete versus Vaughn to start. That's a lot of strikes. Vaughn gets the upper hand pretty quickly and uh, for a very short period of time. Uh, Pete koalas him. begins trying to break his hands. Does a lot of the Pete Dunn shit that we're used to. Um, it doesn't really... For me, it didn't really pick up too much until we got to Vaughn versus Ridge, um, which was basically just a war of attrition because they're both big boys. Mm-hmm. And... They were just big boys running at each other, basically. Um, it wasn't until we went ringside and Vaughn swung Ridge into the stairs. And it was like the first time that we've seen somebody best Ridge, which was impressive. Um, then we get Ridge versus Kyle post-commercial break. Vaughn uh, ends up interfering in um, the match. He takes Ridge out of the ring. Pete takes Vaughn on. Pete, no. Yeah, Pete takes Vaughn out. Um, Kyle then brings Pete to the mat. Kyle can't tag in. Uh, he gets an ankle lock on Pete, but he, he tags out. Ridge gets in. Ridge um, can't grab Kyle. Um, rather, Ridge ends up following Kyle to ringside. Um, he goes to slam Kyle into the open steps, the ones with like the lines in it. Vaughn interferes. He saves Kyle's ass. Um, he gets back in. There's a flurry of offense to both Pete and Ridge. Um, Kyle seems like he's like liking Vaughn all of a sudden, and finishes Pete off. Uh, Vaughn hits like a corkscrew double underhook to beat Ridge. Um, and I don't know if they're sticking Kyle with a tag team again. And I'm gonna Jeez. actually be pretty pissed. I mean, yeah. They they should at least move him down to the the North American title. Or the cruiserweight title, the cruiserweight, so he can feud with Roddy. Um, yeah, it's the feud we deserve. Yeah. Also, did you know that uh, on Thursday at Defy, uh, Garcia, Daniel Garcia, is gonna be fighting Christopher Daniels? Now all we need is a Christopher Garcia. <laughs> Daniel versus Daniels. Um, God damn it! The, that fucking kid is everywhere, man. Mm-hmm. He is something else. Yeah, he's gonna be fighting like Chris Jericho next. I like that you say that, like in comparison to everyone else that he's fought lately. Like that would be the highlight. I mean, it's just another know. huge name added to his list. Who do you think is the next big guy that he could like? Uh, aside from Jericho, who's who do you think is the next big guy that like he could fight? Um. Huh. Maybe uh Bully Ray. 
Or, um, we talking just active names? Yeah. Obviously, there's Jericho. Has he wrestled uh, Matt Seidel yet? Yes. Ooh, maybe? I think? It does just sound like an elevation match, though. It's because Matt Seidel. Um, huh. I'm trying to think. Christian? Has he wrestled Christian yet? No, I think Christian's been busy. Oh, no, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson is the guy, or Adam Cole, one of those two. He hasn't fought Brian Danielson yet, has he? No, he has not. Daniel versus Danielson versus Daniels. Get that triple threat. Daniel. (laughs) God. Daniel versus Daniels versus Danielson. Just an increasing order. It's like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, all right. Uh, so, yeah. Did we? Did you finish recapping the match? Yeah, I did. Okay. It, 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 it was a fun match. I mean, there's not much to say about it. it sucks that Pete's losing another tag partner. I'm excited to see what's going to happen to Pete now, but it makes me wonder what's going to happen to Kyle now. More so. You know like, what they are they giving done. him a tag team? You know what they should have done? After the wedding? The way turns face and Johnny teams up with Kyle. Um, that would have implied that there was um, any chance in hell that the way was going to stick together after the wedding. Well, the way at this point is just Johnny and Candace. The way I don't think exists anymore. Does that mean we can bring back uh, Rebel Heart? If Johnny's coming back at all? Not to be that dick. But imagine somehow they were able to get the rights Rebel Heart or whatever no I'm saying they as in whatever promotion he ends up at Mm. imagine they were able to get the rights to that imagine just like watching and you're just vibing along and then all of a sudden you fucking hear that hit I'd lose my shit I would lose it god yeah yeah I would too um but yeah, they, they could have done a Kyle Johnny tag team. That would have been so great. It would have fit too. Like, it's been a while since Johnny's been on a tag team. Kyle. Yeah. Kyle's recently in a tag team, but like he. He already did the single scene. Put, it, put him with Johnny. It'd be a great match. Yeah, I agree. Um, so then we had Chase University. Today's lesson is ring awareness. We started talking about Odyssey Jones putting his leg into the rope. Um, and the clip that shows Chase moving his leg uh, back into the ring. And then a student says, uh, isn't what you did illegal? Uh, isn't that a DQ? And Chase says, 
you know, I'd be opening to dis- I'd be open to discussing that if I gave a fuck. <laughs> he kicks a student out and says, "Give Steve a big fuck you for me." <laughs> oh, that God. was that was one. I I this promo made me fucking cry. I loved it so much. <laughs> I'm so glad. And Andre Chase seems like the only one who can drop f bombs. Censoring. Yeah, I I hope that it stays like that. Yeah. I hope that he's the only one because like he, I want him to be unhinged. Yeah, like like give Braun Breaker the rest. Give him like every swear word in the book, but let Andre keep fuck. Hmm. Like I want to hear Braun Breaker say some like, like really weird stuff but only andre chase can say fuck yeah um so then we, then we had a tony d'angelo video package <laughs> he's talking about his debut and everything and he says uh meanie mouth loser guy <laughs> says they have a scheduling conflict with uh lashing out I said, what'd you say to me? Forget about it. <laughs> he said the thing. <laughs> he said forget about it, and I was like, I, I, I popped. How could you not? <laughs> he says forget about it, and he's a nice guy, though. <laughs> and then you just hear knocking and screaming from the trunk behind him. So there's our second kidnapping of the night. <laughs> unbearable i love this man so much it's like so ridiculous tony <laughs> so is funny. He, he's literally what we deserved when we got this brand new nxt i think like this like makes it at least like a little bit better yeah yeah absolutely give us more um ridiculous characters like that yeah um, alright, so then we had Duke Hudson versus Grayson Waller. Battle of the Aussies. Yeah, they started yelling at each other, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying, this is a different <laughs> language. Um, but it was also really hot. Um, so we get side headlock on Duke. Uh, he doesn't really let Waller bring, so Waller goes to, like, I think, hit him with an arm drag. Um, he won't allow it, but then Waller successfully hits it a few seconds later. <laughs> really happened there um and we get a big suplex to waller before some nasty elbows a big elbow to the face of duke duke tosses waller to the apron we get a stunner to duke however duke ends up countering waller um as like they're running at the ropes i think he i don't know what he did i think he like snapped the rope at waller Was i wrong in thinking that i don't really know what happened actually i missed it um but anyways so duke counters Rolls him up with a handful of gym shorts and uh, and I'm loving it. Was it? His, his birthday wish to Ray, by the way, I was like, posted some pictures of her and he was like, happy birthday. I don't want to say any more nice things because I really don't like you. <laughs> you know, you were going to really disagree with this. I thought this was the worst match today. The, the, the finish was so weak. Grayson definitely should have won this. 
Um, no, Grayson shouldn't have won this, but Duke should have won this differently, I think. Yeah, if he won in a better way, because the finish was so lame. He didn't um, get any like good uppercuts or any, and they're both hard-hitting guys. Yeah. And neither of them were hard-hitting today. No, I get it. I get it. Like, he should have done a boss man slam, too. Which mm. he always does. Yeah. Um, what's his finish? Is his finish the boss man slam? I think it is. I haven't watched enough Duke matches to know. Should be the uppercut. Like, everyone who's about to go fight him, they're told backstage, alright, so Grayson, or uh, Duke's gonna win. His finisher, you just gotta take an, a big uppercut to the chin, and then you're out. <laughs> and, and then you'll get paid, we promise. Somehow everyone he fights has a mouth guard in. Only for that match. <laughs> just don't have Cesaro fight him. Yeah, no, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't need it. <laughs> um, so then we had a promo from Legato. Uh, Santos just says, your familia isn't with you, but mine is always with me. It's going to be me and you, mano y mano, bueno suerte, caballero. Um, and then we had a vignette from Imperium. They're just yelling about MSK, saying they're on their phones all the time. Dumb stuff. Ring is sacred, shit like that. Um, and they won't be champs for long. Whoa, 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 whoa. This was a sick fucking promo. Marcel was yelling at us in fucking German. Fabian's yelling at us in goddamn Italian. I think Fabian's, like, pissed off about the Tony D'Angelo skit. Do you think we're ever gonna get Tony versus, like, a real Italian? An Tony, Italian? Tony versus Fabian Eichner would actually be hilarious. Really would. It's actually what we deserve. Are there any other Italians in WWE? <laughs> Your way. Well, technically, Carmella and Liv are. I think they're both Italian. Or Italian. I think Liv is a, Liv is actually Italian, but it Carmella's it. Liv, Liv is from Jersey. Yeah, no, she's she's like she's she's Tony Italian. Italian pro wrestlers. Um, Fabian, Taz, <laughs> imagine <laughs> Tony D'Angelo versus Taz. <laughs> I want Taz's feedback on like what he thinks of Tony. <laughs> um, let's see, Italian wrestlers. Um, any names I'd recognize? Uh, Bobby Neichner again. Um, a lot of names I don't recognize. A lot of indie names. Um, uh, still nothing. Bruno San Martino, I guess. Well, there you go. <laughs> Tony D'Angelo is not on the list. Actually, very fucked up and erasure. <laughs> Guess he's not actually Italian. He's not Italian. <laughs> Miriam said the t the day Tony says the word gabagool in the promo is the day the NXT set loses its entire collective shit. That's the day that the lights go out and everything turns back to yellow. <laughs> That's the key word. He holds the key. 
It's gonna Holy be Tony. It's gonna be he hits his finish, and like as like I don't know what his finish is, but let's say it's an elbow drop. He does the elbow drop as soon as the impact happens. He yells "Gabagool" and a big puff of smoke comes out, and suddenly the lights are dimmer. There's <laughs> yellow everywhere. There's less people. Great. I love it. I love it. I just, I feel like the thing is, that <laughs> to me right now, the funniest shit that we have done so far on this podcast is literally always about Tony. Every single fucking time. Yeah, because he's hilarious. Um. All right, so uh, then we had Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota versus Saray and Amar- Amari Miller. Um... So, this was really the uh, death knell for the way, I feel like. Yep. Yep. Um, so, Persia starts the match with Saray. Indy gets in shortly thereafter. Um, Amari ends up getting in as well. Gets some stiff kicks to Indy before getting up on Indy's back. Um, Indy ends up dumping her. Um, she gets Perota uh, in. Perota gets Miller on her shoulders. Ends a boot to the, f- the face of Saray. Saray's like running into the ring. Uh, she slams Miller into the ground before uh, she tags an Indy and Indy gets an elbow drop. Um, this wasn't a good match, but it was just funny the way that Saray was there and Purge straight up was like, eat? No. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. I, I just, I, I'm just remembering. Get- oh. Did we get any women's matches that weren't jobber matches today? No. But at least they're short matches that are short for purpose, not just short to devalue the women. Make a point. Like if 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 Shano and and Dana was the only match that was really short on Monday, then. That would have been fine because that should have been very short. Um, but uh, uh, then we had uh, Indy and Persia saying that they want the tag titles. Indy and Zoe then come out. They still don't like each other. I'm glad they're still yeah. nailing that in our in our heads. Joe and Zoe. What did I say? Indy. Indy and Indy and Zoe come out. Um, and then, um, Toxic Attraction come out, and, uh, Mandy and Saray say they just want the titles, um, and then a brawl breaks out, where Braun Breaker stands tall. You know what? With the way that all the matches and, like, promos were overlapping, it wouldn't be the craziest thing today. You didn't catch that I said every... I used every name incorrectly. <laughs> I said Mandy and Saray come out. Man! Aww. <laughs> oh, boy. What a long day. <sighs> Alright, and then we have a video package for a new wrestler, yet another one that we're going to have to have jobber matches for. Uh, Solo Sokoa. The... Uh, another Fatu brother being brought into NXT. Um, he should just get a fast track. Like, speed him through NXT, 
bring him up to the main roster, have him have a thing with the Usos. Doesn't have to be him joining them. It could be literally anything. Have him be the the mid card title guy in uh in in the bloodline. Yeah. Um. So then we get our what was supposed to be the main event: Swerve versus Santos Escobar for the North American title. And this match was so great. Yeah. Um. Swerve attacks Santos before the match even starts. Um. Once the match starts, Swerve backflips onto Santos. And then, like, he removes something from the turnbuckle, which for the entirety of this match, I was like, why the fuck did he do that? What is that going to do to anybody? It was the long con. Yeah. Um, Swerve ends up getting launched over the announce desk. Uh, eventually, once we're back in the ring... Um, Swerve and Santos are kind of going back and forth. There's nobody really getting the upper hand for too long. Um, that's until Swerve goes for, I think, a flatliner. Santos counters with a DDT. Um, there's a knee strike to the chest of Swerve and a big hurricane run off the top rope and then a frog splash. And it looks like we're getting the pin. Um, there's a drop kick to Swerve as well. Still kicks out. Swerve then fucks around. Santos goes up top. Swerve sends him, like, moves the rope and, like, sends him crotch first into the rope. Hits him with the fireman's carry takeover on the apron. Um, goes to finish it with a 450 sla- splash right into Santos's knees. And then Legato come out and they interfere. And Trick and Carmelo come out and they interfere. And then Santos... Wants the fan driver, Swerve pushes him away, dumps him on the exposed turnbuckle, because that's why he took the thing off the turnbuckle. And then hits Santos with the JML driver to win. And then... It is. um, Then, you know, Mark and I are sitting there like, damn. That's weird. That was a... And then Carmelo hits Swerve with a fucking massive lariat. Um, then we have Carmelo versus Swerve, which is really just a flying crossbody, um, which we think is ending the match. It doesn't. Uh, Swerve gets up. He sends a big right to Carmelo. We get a pump kick under the jaw of Swerve and a leg drop on the back of the neck of Swerve. And then Carmelo wins the North American title, which it was really only a matter of time. I mean, that kid was destined to win a fucking title within like Five seconds of touching down at NXT. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, and you know what? He deserves it. He's really good. Um, and now Swerve can go up to the SmackDown with no problem. Santos is protected because of the turnbuckle thing. Um, and he could challenge Carmelo. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I, this was a, gr- a great match, and I think it was a great way to end the show because there was stuff that I didn't personally agree with, but at the end of the day, I was like, oh, this match was a banger. Like, this left a good taste in my mouth once I walked away from, like, the show, so. Yeah. Um, also, apparently on Raw, this wasn't on camera, 
but uh, when Randy was entering like the ring area, he bowed to Becky as he was coming in and she was leaving. He just bowed to her and she was like, she looked so confused, but she like bowed back. Handle, <laughs> come on. Um, all right, so that concludes our recap of the episode. Um, we have our, our review, I guess, portion, which is the best of the night. Ooh, this has been a long news segment. Fuck! How's it going? I don't want to talk about it right now, honestly. <laughs> I've gone through it today. All right, so let's talk about the best of the night. You want to talk about promo of the night? I want to talk about Andre Chase saying fuck. Okay, that's promo of the night. All right, easy peasy. Yeah, I can't imagine what else it would be. Um, Toxic attraction. No. Okay. Definitely not. All right, so uh, wrestler of the night. Wrestler of the night. Um, oof, 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 oof. This is tough. Tough. Um, I'm going to give you a few names. You tell me which one you pick. Okay. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, Julius okay. Creed, and Santos Escobar. Okay, good. Cool. Alright, so that's our wrestler of the night. And now let us go into the match of the night. As always, we do this from best to or worst to best. Um, and then Liz will say if she agrees with my pick for match of the night. Alright, so worst with a three out of ten, Duke Hudson versus Grayson Waller. I thought the match itself was fine, um, but the finish was very weak. Very weak. Uh, next up, 4 out of 10, Indy and Persia versus Saray and Amari Miller. It was fine. It was a squash match, whatever. Yeah, um, that's fair. And if you have a question for a question segment, please leave it in the chat now so it's there when we move on. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment asking us any question you want, and we'll answer it in the next podcast. 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 All right. And then we had Ivy Nile versus Valentina Ferro. Squash match. Did what it needed to do. Four out of ten. Next up, uh, four out of ten. Zion Quinn versus Malik Blade. It was squash match. It needed to do, or it did what it needed. To need need to do, uh, four four out of ten, ten out of ten. We're losing your buddy. Um, the life is draining from my body. Uh, next up, your soul. Is it your soul? Yeah. Five out of ten. Julius Creed versus Ikamajiro. It was a decent enough match. I feel like they could have done like if they had Ikamajiro win, it would have made it a lot better. Because there's no way that Julius needed to win that. 
and he wouldn't have suffered if Ikemen won. Um, next up, a 7 out of 10, Carmelo Hayes versus Swerve. I thought, although this is very short, it was exciting, it was very fun, a great way to end the episode. And I actually thought for a second that maybe Swerve would beat Carmelo. Yeah, it looked a little... Yeah. 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 Uh, so next up, 7 out of 10, Kyle and Von Wagner versus Ridge and Pete. Very fun match. Very, very fun. Um, Von Wagner just needs to improve his, his character work. And uh, then you have a great character. Great wrestler. Um, but Pete was still fantastic in it. Oh, Pete should have been one of my picks for... I should put him in the, the three. Too late now, buddy. Yeah, it would still be Santos. And uh, next up, seven out of ten, Joe Gacy versus Tommaso Ciampa. Great match. Really great match. If Gacy didn't have his current gimmick, he would be so great. He really would be. He'd, he'd be like a fan favorite. Um. All right, and finally, my pick for match of the night... Swerve versus Santos Escobar for the North American title. 8 out of 10. Great, 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 great stuff. The only thing that made me uh, a little... Uh, could have improved it was if he didn't have the shenanigans on the sidelines with uh, uh, Legato and, and Carmelo and Trick. Like, you could have just had Trick and Carmelo come out and not be a distraction. Because like Santos said, uh, Legato's going to be in the locker room the whole time. Mm-hmm. So. It is what it is, but it was still a fantastic match. And that's my pick for match of the night. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I totally agree. I thought this match was really awesome. Um, I thought that it had just the right amount of tomfoolery. Um, and the fucking because like I really was not thinking oh I, I forgot that Carmelo had the contract so yeah. because I was not thinking about that I was like oh Carmelo's there and he's gonna you know hang out with Swerve and they're gonna celebrate and then what mm-hmm. like I didn't expect that and that was awesome I, I really liked being like what the fuck I haven't said what the fuck about wrestling in the WWE Probably since Grand Slam. Oh, I said in the WWE. Oh. No, I've said what the fuck multiple times about I mean, AW. You, you probably said it with uh, Finn Balor and the demon falling off the turnbuckle. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That was not a happy what the fuck, though. Yeah. Ooh. Happy what the fucks are much far and far between. Maybe the wedding when Dexter Loomis opened up to show the hatchet. Maybe that. <laughs> Uh, all right. So you want to answer some questions? E. All right. So we wait, just have. Wait. As an update to our question from yesterday, we have watched the Undertaker movie. Um, His name I've forgotten. It was okay. Yeah. It did. It didn't seem like the choices were very consequential. 
Yeah, I want consequences. Because, I mean, I get it. It's probably, like, sort of for younger people, too. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to show Undertaker legit murdering somebody. Um, but I thought it was fun. I thought it was mm. funny. I thought it was a good time for um, us as a family. And by that, I mean Mark, me, and our housemate. Um, and if the you're If you are expecting Bandersnatch, you're not going to get it. You're not going to enjoy it. But if yeah. you're expecting, like, WWE quality type of programming, then yeah, you'll you'll probably have fun. Yeah. Um I thought it was a, I thought it was a 